All right, let's word associate here. Something very generic like the woman. I'm going to give you two words, and then I want you guys to write a horror premise based on the two words. Okay, you ready? All right, chum bucket. I mean, it's going to be some kind of shark movie. Okay. You've that's chosen all, that's the, all I've got. You chose your genre. Yeah. That's it? Um, <laughs> chum bucket. I mean, that's like the most generic shark movie name. It's going to be like a shitty Jaws knockoff. Maybe some people are out, you know fishing and um some oh i can think how they're gonna they're gonna say the name of the movie in the movie okay tell someone's me. gonna fall in they're gonna get eaten by a shark and then you know whatever the comic relief character is gonna be like oh my he's a chum bucket <laughs> you a very southern accent there. <laughs> this is off the coast of uh, mississippi evidently yeah yeah you know those gulf of mexico sharks so questioning uh, why this guy was on a boat well I think inevitably everyone's on a boat at some point. If you live on the coast, you're going to get on a boat at some point. Okay. So it's a shark film. That's all I got. All In right. Mississippi, apparently, because the comic release is southern. Or somewhere, somewhere in the south. Somewhere south based. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's a river shark. I was going to really say, what, a freshwater shark. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe um, West Florida. Oh, yeah. Know. Oh, shark versus alligator. Okay. You're you really know. thinking outside the box really on this one, riffing John. this here. But, uh, you know, we got to workshop it, but something in that vein. Now it's on the Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> Definitely. Freshwater shark versus alligator. Freshwater mo- shark. <laughs> <laughs> any movie called Chum Buckets on the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, man. Um, so for me, that's pretty simple. It's a documentary about the band Chumbawamba. Ooh. Okay. Oh. It is four hours long. Oh, no. That's right. the horror part. It, it's Oh, it's terrifying. because <laughs> It's a four-hour documentary <laughs> about the band Chumbawamba. Did they ever have more than that one hit song? No, no they're they busy. They got knocked down, and they never got up again. No, they- oh. <laughs> You're Damn. dead to me, Mark. <laughs> they pissed the night away. I don't know. Those are two really weird... I mean, it's, it's a... See, I thought we were going to do two words that didn't have anything to do with each other, but Chumbucket kind of go hand-in-hand hand with each other. If you just said, like, Chumbinder... That would have been different. Binder Ooh. of chum. But, uh, okay. So then it's a shark with like his his uh it's a shark, shark his goes memories. back to school. Yeah. A shark goes back to school. Oh yeah. Well you said memories. That made me think of maybe it's like a shark memento. Oh. You <laughs> can't remember he's supposed <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. in the water. <laughs> it's just a picture of a leg. Like, like what is this? What are these somebody. notes on the back of this? And what about you, Mark? No, I want you guys to give me two new words. Oh, well, you didn't say we had to come yeah, up with words. Said we, we were give do- you two new words each. Yeah, that was the idea. Okay, I got two words for you. Chum bucket. <laughs> oh, God. I came up with Chum Binder, so... It's a movie about friends, chums, who decide to become buckets. Oh, it's like, it's like Tusk, except about buckets. <laughs> That's right. Or maybe it's about a couple of old friends that have a bucket list. Like Chum bucket Buckets list. list. Yes. Chum's Buckets list. Oh, the guy's oh, name God. is Chum. Yeah, I'm John Chum. John Chum. <laughs> what are we doing on this bucket list? Ladies and gentlemen, that is John's <laughs> last name. So if you're trying to stalk him here in Austin, That's it. look for John Chum. Yeah. It's going to be about a couple of chums that decide to build a rocket ship with a shark aquarium inside where they do heroin on the moon. Moon heroin, That's wow. a throwback to our Final Destination <laughs> yeah. episode, ladies and gentlemen. Do you get higher on the moon? Less gravity, so... I think so, right? And, yeah, I yeah. think that's what that means. I really hope this episode comes out after the Final Destination It's either episode. a throwback or a patented Ooh, throw forward. Or, yeah. it's, or he's foreshadowing. Oh. That could be. Either way. <laughs> Let's get the fuck into this movie. <laughs>
Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Welcome to another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark, again joined by John and Garrett. Fellas, how are we doing today? Not too shabby. Not too shabby? I like no. it. All right. I'm doing pretty good. Having a pretty good weekend. Good. Why? Uh, <laughs> what made it good? Can't a man just be happy nowadays, Mark? Can't a man just be happy? No, what's the specific um, reason you're yes. happy? Oh, you know, I, I watched a couple horror movies and I got some good art projects done. Uh, I got a sweet little sticker piece coming out to accompany the Jason and Freddy's. Um, we got a Michael Myers. Oh, you're working on some new ones? Yeah, we got a Michael Myers. It's almost done. And um, I attempted a pinhead, but it's not coming out the way I wanted it to. So we'll probably kick that back to the uh, the drawing table. Okay. Literally. Ooh. Boom. And then, yeah, you know, it's a good weekend, man. You don't need to know my personal life. I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want to know everything you do. Okay. So I can report on it and podcast on my sidecast. What's Garrett doing this week? <laughs> what's happening with Garrett? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's cool. So, yeah, um, are we going to have some of those up on the website for sale? Yeah, I'm hoping so. Um, we have a, a small amount. We're going to do another order pretty soon because i got a couple of people who are uh, interested. So, yeah, we should have some stickers. Um, I think we finally are going to lock down the details on the limited T-shirts that we're going to have. We have a few limited edition T-shirts as well as some logo T-shirts and a few things like that. So, anyway, that's a clever little merch plug for all <laughs> you listening. Uh, check back the website, thegravetalk.com. And we Where you can find all your Grave Talk needs. All right. Well, uh have you guys seen anything new, noteworthy? Any revisits on any old properties or anything you want to touch on? No. I was rewatching Freddy and stopped at Freddy 2. It just like sucked the wind out of my sails. <laughs> which it's is like a punch it, to the gut. It really was. I haven't well, Don't ruin it, because remember I'm gonna I haven't seen most of those. I'm gonna watch them all from start to finish. Yeah. Well, you're gonna get to Freddy 2 and be like, wow, this was terrible. But don't worry, really? Freddy 3 will turn it around. It is, I think, the best one. But uh Part three, you think is the best oh, one? Oh yeah, Dream Warriors. Okay, tell you is what dope. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna watch them and then I'm gonna come up with my ranking and then you can rebuttal with your ranking. Yeah, I don't really have a ranking past three is the best one, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> and two funny. is the worst one. That's where I, uh, that's my spread. I actually recently rewatched number three myself. Yeah. Uh, about two weeks ago. And that one still is very good. Oh, it's so good. It's very good. Hmm. Um, something else I've been getting into is I decided to rewatch the Castlevania Netflix series because season two comes out at the end of October. Oh, Did you guys horror? check that out? I guess no. it's horror. Yeah, I mean, okay. as far as like when it's I was in, vampires it, in it, it introduced me to a lot of the classic monsters, right? You were introduced to a lot of horror by video games, weren't you? It was, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, Castlevania's got Medusa, Dracula, Death, Frankenstein, the Mummy. Wait, Castlevania's got Frankenstein? Yeah, no, I didn't oh, it's know. It's like that. a who's who. Yeah, it's like level four, man. It's almost like a hell hotel. Of it is, man. Castlevania. <laughs> it's an all-star cast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, check it out. It's very good. Season two's coming out. Um, it was very short, but yes, the animation yeah. is really well done. And yeah, it was. It was only four episodes. It was kind of a test, and it was so well received that they said, "Okay, season two, we're going to do eight to ten episodes." Oh, okay. So, so they're really ramping it up. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's interesting because the first episode is all about Dracula's backstory and why he decides he's going to start fucking up human race. Um, so worth the watch. Each episode is only about 22 minutes. You can get through that pretty quick. About um, 22 minutes is what it'll take you to get through them, I would say. <laughs> per episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Hold on. Let me look it up on IMDb. <laughs> yeah. Can you check the math here? Uh, also, we've got news that Bruce Campbell will be reprising his role as Ash Williams, but in an Evil Dead game. Didn't like a couple podcasts ago, you tell me he retired. He did. 
That and didn't I say yeah. never say anyone's retired because they will always come back and do stuff? That was a very long retirement he had. So maybe he means from action, you know, on screen, but he still wants to voice the the character. Um, he did say in this that he wanted to make sure that they didn't like get another guy to pretend to be him. He wanted to be able to voice the character for mm. this to make it's it just authentic. A hop, skip and a jump from voice work yeah. to something else. Yeah, he's he'll be back next next podcast. Mark will be telling us he's gonna Evil, Evil Dead, Dead Five yeah. comes out next week. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I don't yeah. want him to say retire, but I get it. I would retire if I could, and then just pop up every week and be like. No, JK, I wasn't actually retired this week. Next week, I'm really going to retire. Too late. The stones beat you to it. (laughs) So interestingly enough, this project is rumored to be a VR experience. Okay. So I wonder how they would do that, especially like normally when you go into VR, you are the character. Yeah. But now they're saying that, you know, Bruce Campbell's going to be voicing Ash. I wonder what role the, the player would be in this VR. In this game, you're the annoying sidekick. (laughs) <laughs> oh man he's like come on new yeah, guy let's you. go get your chainsaw you on your arm that mark you i mean i'd be like that. that's yeah. my dream to be someone's annoying sidekick <laughs> yeah <laughs> no to be bruce campbell's annoying sidekick uh it says they're doing a video game a whole immersive kind of dealio i'll be ash for that because i wouldn't want someone else's voice hamming it up so that's what bruce campbell okay. said in regards to like hey we thought you were retiring oh well, more power so. to him at least someone called him on his retiring uh games he's playing with us yeah he's tugging on the heartstrings he's playing with mark's emotions it's true also rewatch puppet master three that movie's still really dope okay i would say watch one two and three the original if you like the new one the third one is where they go back into nazi germany and like kind of them fighting that whole regime right on so worth the watch just thought i'd mention that it still holds up so let's talk about the woman that came out in 2011 directed by lucky mckee sitting at a 71 percent on rotten tomatoes this one stars Pollyanna McIntosh as the woman, Lauren Ashley Carter as Peggy Cleek, Sean Bridgers as Chris Cleek, Angela Bettis as Belle Cleek, and Zach Rand as Brian Cleek. 71% is very high for this movie. I was... Uh... I mean, it's pretty intense. Well, here's what the back of the box has to say about it. Family man and lawyer Christopher Cleek must do what he can to protect his family when he comes into contact with a feral woman living in the woods near his isolated country home. Through a series of harrowing encounters, Cleek and his family quickly discover there is more to this woman than anyone would suspect and that sometimes the devil wears a handsome face. That is not even close to what happens in this movie. No, I don't know who wrote that. That's that's a red herring box description right there. So this movie is full of shocking and pretty intense moments. I wonder, you know, they wanted to hide that, play it close to the vest. That's what I'm saying. You know this is I mean? definitely a red herring. I disagree the- that it's full of shocking moments. It has a handful of shocking moments. It is full of a lot of... Well, no movie can be like nonstop times. like you know, decapitations. No, and I gore get from that. Start to finish. You got to have a build up middle parts of this movie are lacking. I found, I will say the people I was watching with were like, well, this is kind of boring in the middle. I didn't it find is. it to be boring in the middle because I appreciate a good character arc and like development. Cause when the stuff, when the shit really hits the fan, like, it was that much more intense because we had like that like mellow build up to it. And it was like, oh, but I don't know we went from like 30 to like 100 miles per hour right now. But was there any actual character arc? I mean, one of them, I guess, had an arc. The rest of them 
or the same in the beginning of the movie as the end of the movie. Maybe there was a character on. Well, no, there's a couple characters a revealing, that have, but there's a couple characters that have like. I mean, okay, arc may not be the right word, but they definitely have like a resolution with their characters. You know, I mean, they die. I guess it's a resolution. Spoiler alert! Jeez, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, so pretty much that box description does not do it justice. So Mm-mm. there's this guy who has a family that live out, I guess I want to say in the the country, but it seems like a small town um, in, in there having like barbecues. It seems like the whole town comes over for a barbecue kind of thing. Like yeah. very yeah. small knit community. Yeah. And so he's got a family live out in the middle of nowhere. And you get, you get the vibe that he's very much like alpha male kind of like really dominating of his family. And then he goes out to go hunting one day and then runs across a feral woman who is bathing in the river and he gets, he just goes really fucking creepy with it. From start to finish, this dude is at like 100% max creep level. That's true. Um, so he's like watching this woman like bathe in the um, the river. He comes back home. He decides, I guess in his head, and this is what was kind of weird. They didn't actually explain it in the movie right away. But in his head, he decided he was going to capture this woman. And so he goes back out after having his family clear his space in their outside cellar, captures her. And that's basically the, you know, the premise of the film is like now they're going to try to civilize this creature or this woman that was living out fairly for who knows how long. Uh, Garrett, were you aware that this was a sequel to another film called The Offspring? I did. Okay. I knew this because the person I watched it with first told me like, oh, this is a, like a continuation of another movie. Yeah. Which kind of was hinted at and the opening title sequence with like the baby and the wolf. But I guess I didn't know if that was just some imagery that the film was trying to give us. I yeah, think that was its I subtle reference to the previous okay. one. But like, yeah, it was very it did not like nail it home. I'm going to say that you probably don't need to see the first one to sit to in, to get anything out of this one. You know what I mean? You can totally come into this one blank. But just to give I'm you an idea my head and I realize that's not going to be <laughs> on the podcast. The offspring is about uh, the woman is a last remaining member of a cannibal tribe that's roamed the northeast coast for decades. Centers on a survival of a feral flesh-eating clan who abducts locals, and it's based on a novel by the same name uh, by Jack Ketchum. Hmm. Now, the first note that I put on here before the movie went sideways and started getting very intense and, and disturbing was, is this the dark and gritty Harry and the Hendersons remake the public has been clamoring for. <laughs> it most definitely is not, <laughs> but you could make that case. It's like they get a they get a Harry, they bring him in, they lock him up, and then teach him to drink tea. Yeah, it's really weird because yeah. like the the like you guys said, the buildup is slow. The buildup is very slow, but you start to like see the guy, the the man, just be a real piece of shit. Like he's just, you know, he's telling his family what to do. He's very much like, you know, that don't argue with me. You get the vibe that he probably beats the hell out of his wife. I want to say from minute one, every family member that's introduced to us, there's something off about each and every one. of them. Yes. You can Um, tell, but you can't tell exactly what the daughter at first, the daughter who is kind of the central character of this whole story. Um, I think her name is Peggy, right? Yes, that's Peggy. I just thought she was some emo kid. Yeah. You know, coming into it, it was like, oh, she's just some lame emo kid that do- is kind of an outsider, doesn't want to interact, is socially awkward. Uh, but you do find out through the movie that she has a reason for acting like that yeah. and a very good reason at that. The son is just a creepy piece of shit. Yeah. Like, I hated him from moment one. He's like watching a girl be bullied at that barbecue that I mentioned at the beginning 
And he's just watching it like he's into it. And then he yeah. goes back to immediately shooting free throws. Like, like, okay, well, that's going on. That's not my concern. And Any you find other... out that that is conditioning based off, like, the way the father acts and stuff like that. Right. Any other person would probably have jumped up and went and helped that poor or girl. Said or said something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You see something, say something. <laughs> exactly. But that's not what this kid's about. They have a very young daughter who I guess is what, like, I want to say, like, what, six, seven? I'd say even younger than that. I'd say younger maybe four five, or five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she's just out there having fun, and she's, like, trying to, like, kiss this little boy, you know, just kind of joking around. Yeah. And the dad's like, you need to go get our daughter. She's trying, she's, you know, trying to kiss that boy again. And the mom's, like, very demurely kind of, like, just like, okay, I'll go get her. And then she goes and grabs a little girl, and she's like, you do not kiss boys. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's real, like, crazy on the daughter. Like, you know, like, you cannot do this. And yeah. Then they all leave, they go home, and then it cuts to, you know, you kind of get an, you get a view of a slice of life for the family where the dad's just kind of really like, just, I don't know how to describe it. So my, my, fir- my first thoughts about this patriarchy of the family is that it, it seems very old school, old fashioned, old world thought of the, you know, the, the man is the king of the castle yeah. and everybody else in the family is subservient to him. Now, that's kind of what I thought it was going for, but there is obviously much more to that as it comes through. That is exactly what I've been trying to. Is there to much more to that? There is. That's exactly what it is. Be- no, it, well, no, it's so not because more. the dad turns out to be even more of a piece of shit than just, quote unquote, the king of the castle. Fair. He's not, he's more evil than we let on. Correct. That's like his worldview is that I'm the man and we have to, you know, civilize and everything I say goes and I'll punch women and do all this like terrible shit, but there's not like, you know, a lot of depth beyond that really not for his character his character is very much like you know this is the way it is anything that you know you will go along with what i say so anyway he kidnaps um the last cannibal woman right he ties her up and downstairs in the basement and it's an outside cellar like away from the house so he ties her up down there and he goes in there to kind of check her out and he's inspecting her like a horse which was so weird he's like checking her teeth and her eyes and all stuff like that and he like goes to check her teeth and he puts his finger like on the inside of her teeth and she bites his ring finger off. Like, Which he fucking deserved. Like, oh, 100%. Her mouth is gross. What are you doing yeah. putting your finger in there to begin with? Ugh. Well, not only that, she's clearly feral. Right. Like, you know, she's an animal. He, at this he point. gets his finger and it is gruesomely shown. Like, he gets his finger bitten off. She spits out his wedding ring and then swallows his finger so he can't get it back. And then he takes it in stride, though. He's like, that's really fucked up. And then goes inside, gets a gun, shoots it next to her head to bust her eardrum to kind of prove a point to show her that he's alpha and in charge. But the rest of the movie, he's just kind of like, so I lost a finger. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't seem to phase him at all. I would be more upset about losing a finger. Even if it was my own doing, I'd still be like, that fucking blender man, what the shit is its problem? You know, even if I stuck my hand in it. Yeah, for sure. No, he's he's very nonplussed of the fact, oh, I'm just missing a finger now, no biggie. He's like, look what I've done. We're going to rehabilitate her. And the family's just kind of like, except for the little tiny girl who doesn't know any better, the entire family is just like, what the fuck are you doing? But they don't say that. It's just kind of like in their eyes and their actions. They're like, what the shit is this? Let's let's be clear that it's the females of the family. Okay, yes, correct. The boy is kind of like, well, what are we going to do with her, Pa? And it's like, what the fuck? No, he's like, do we really get to keep her? Oh, did he say like, that? Yeah. I, I couldn't remember the he's, exact line. He's fucking on board. Yeah, Again, 100% he's ready to go. This dad has conditioned this kid to be a piece of shit, too, but he's like not quite as bad as the dad. 
No, yet. well, yes, well, yeah. yeah. So we don't know that he's quite as bad as the dad. We just think like, oh, this is definitely going to affect this boy. So anyway, basically, we kind of go through some events where um, they kind of train her, clean her up. They go through this, you know, kind of, you, you kind of see, you get more and more indications that the dad's a piece of shit. He's telling his wife to, you know you know, shut up. He goes and sits on his daughter's bed and starts like talking to her and creepily like touching her. And you get this vibe that like, oh, he's molested his oldest daughter. You get this vibe. It's never said. The mom's like watching him like intently from the door. Like, don't you fucking touch her. But she won't say anything. I feel like the, the, the females in the movie do a good job of depicting a battered and abused uh, kind of persona. You know what I mean? Like the wife knows, you can kind of tell on her face as the movie's going through, like, oh, she knows it's fucked up. But, you know, if she steps out of line, she's going to get beat to shit again. You know what I mean? And the wife's probably the best actress in the movie or actor or actress. She looks like a knockoff Helena Bonham Carter to me. <laughs> yeah, like, I can see yeah. that. The rest Everyone of I was watching was so, like, no way. I was like, she kind of looks like it. The rest of their acting is a little wooden, especially the teacher's. But the mom does a great job. So there is a teacher at the school. As we're kind of getting this slice of life and seeing everything play out with a dad trying to, quote unquote, rehabilitate this woman, um, we see a teacher at school who's noticing Peggy's attitude is different. And she's kind of like, this is not right. This girl should not be behaving like this. Peggy, can I talk to you for a sec? I don't want to be late for next period. All right, you know. Have a seat for a sec. You all right? Yeah, why? Nausea. Baggy clothes. Miss Hindle tells me you've been sitting at a gym for weeks now. Hey, I'm not stupid, Peggy. Why don't you just mind your own business? You are my business. And she starts to get an idea like, okay, something's not right with her. I'm going to have to look into that eventually. And at the same time, back at home, the son is drilling holes in the door of the cellar to peek in on the, the, the captured woman. Um, he's starting to exhibit some really creepy behavior. So fast forward a little bit to the movie. I'm going to kind of jump forward. So yeah. a lot of it is like just building up the world where the dad is a piece of shit to the rest of the family. And you well, that, see that everyone else has got problems. That part where he drills a hole into the cellar door so he can watch his father rape the woman inside the shed. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, and this, this, the scene that precedes that is them power washing her clean. Yeah. Like straight up, that stuff would hurt. Very I've bad. power washed my foot, and let me tell you, that shit hurts. Yeah. Like my skin was like raw. Like it was like no. When I saw that, I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, this is not cool. So to clean her, they try to do it nice with like a sponge, and it's just not working. He's like, we'll have to step up our game. And he's so like, kind of like, oh, this is completely normal and like positive the way he talks about this entire process. But he power washes her. Peggy, the older oldest daughter, loses her shit. And she's like, no. Goes and turns the power washer off. Now yeah. that's noticed by the woman because. The whole time, the the feral woman is watching all these women not do anything. She's making eyes at the mother, like, kind of, can you help Are me, you please? Are you going to do anything let's, here about let's this? Let's get me out of this situation. The mother's like, I can't. That's not my role in this family. So Peggy puts a stop to the power washer. Um, then we kind of get back into the whole, you know, day-to-day mundaneness. Peggy stays at home because she's not feeling well. She's getting more and more sick. The son comes home early from school, goes down into the cellar, and then, like, takes a pair of pliers and, like, mutilates the captured woman's, like, body with these pair of pliers. Like, like take goes to her nipples and, like, her chest and just starts, like, gouging skin and stuff like that. It was really hard to fucking watch. While pleasuring himself. Oh, that's right. I didn't remember yeah. that part. Yeah. 
It was creepy. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> it's like I learned it from watching you, Dad, type moment. You're like, what That's the exactly fuck? exactly what that was. So Peggy hears this, goes outside, freaks out, tells him to get inside, and then she like wants to help the woman but won't quite let her go yet. They go back inside, and this is where everything kind of crescendos to the, the final you know, end of everything. At, right after that is the scene where the father comes home. The mother's been told all about the torturing. Yeah. That the son's that's that's been what I was about doing. to get into. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, so they have a sit down moment where the mom's like, you're never going to guess what your son was doing. The dad's just like, eh, boys will be boys. Am I right? The mom loses it. This is finally where she's like, I've had enough. He's an adolescent. Adolescents have urges. Boys will be boys. And, you know, now that she's cleaned up, I have to say she's not half bad to look at. You know what I mean? Ah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Some characters have character arcs. Yeah, you well, know? she's the only one, I think. I think she is the only one with an actual arc where she's in a different place at the end of the movie than at the beginning of the movie. Well, the Peggy does, too. Peggy, were, to a degree. She they were, they're revealing their character throughout the movie, but I don't think they're evolving their character. I guess, I guess it's about 50-50. You're probably, probably right. So the, the mom basically is like... In this scene, she's like, your son was in there torturing her and pleasuring himself, and then he turns to the boy and is like, is this true, son? And she's like, what do you mean is it true? I just fucking told you it's true. <laughs> and he's like, well, have you seen her? Now that I power washed her clean, she is kind of hot. Yeah, right in front of his family. Yeah. And then she's like, are you really going to look at me and tell me like boys will be boys type thing? And like he's like, what are you going to do about it? She's like, I'm fucking leaving. And I'm taking the kids. That's her breaking point. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking the girls with me. You can have your little rapist son to yourself. You're already teaching him every goddamn thing he needs to know. Aren't you? You can damn well burn together, the two of you. But you are not hurting my girls anymore. She has right. had it. She's like, no, we're fucking done. And she's like, and you can keep your little rapist son. Which I was like, that's fucking intense. Like when she was like, you can keep that fucking piece of shit. And I was like, that's her son. Yeah. And she was willing to say that. So you know it's bad. He's like, oh, okay, so you're going to leave. Decks her in the stomach. Decks her in the face. Just cold cocks her. Knocks ground. her the fuck out. Like she is knocked it's the crazy. fuck out on the ground. And it's out of nowhere this happens. The daughter's like, holy shit, what the hell? The son's just sitting there kind of like, oh, I guess that happened. Um, the little daughter had gone to the room at this point. Like, she was not there to see this. Yeah, she. the mother sent her up like, hey, go lock the door, don't come out. Yeah. And at, this, at that moment, the teacher who was kind of thinking was something wrong was wrong with Peggy comes to the house to check on Peggy because she wasn't at school that day. Well, what she's done is she's taken it upon herself to tell the family that she knows Peggy is pregnant. Yes. So that's her role The teacher now. is not very attuned to people's emotional stakes. Peggy's like, now is not the fucking time. I'm just, please leave. Like, I'm telling you now is not the time. And to be fair, so as an oblivious. adult, when you're, when you find out a kid's pregnant and they're behaving that way, you got to be like, eh, okay, I know what you're saying, but I feel like I might need to get involved here. I don't think that was a teacher's place to say anything Agreed. to them. It yeah, wasn't. She, she should have contacted somebody like the authorities or something. She didn't right. even know that. How does she know that the parents don't know anyway? That's another thing. She just assumed that the parents didn't know at no point did like was there any evidence so she just like jutted herself into this family situation with very little i mean at one point under the bleachers her main concern was oh you know she used to dress differently but now she dresses all emo-y i should tell somebody while they're like smoking and it's such a shitty scene because well, she noticed that something was wrong with her i think she got the, the the inclination that maybe she was like suicidal or maybe there was something deeper going on and so she took on this whole like caretaker role of like 
I've got to look into this and make sure that Peggy's okay. Yeah, you're right, though. She kind of really just inserted herself in that situation. It's like she's trying to white knight this situation, but she's doing it abysmally poor. Right, and there was no, like, buildup. Like, oh, were these two people friends? Like, was she, like, her best student? Were they doing after school? Like, there's no That's a great work point. to show that these two people actually, like, why does she care about the student that much? We're supposed like, to get the idea that it's just like, you know, like, oh, the teacher is going to take care of her kids because teachers take, you know, care of their kids but yes you're right there is nothing to like really like solidify that uh, relationship yeah. between the two characters other than the fact that she's like I think something's wrong because the whole time you're right Peggy's just like you can leave me alone yeah there was a couple of moments where the teacher confronted Peggy did she outright say I know you're pregnant no no, and that's a failure on her part too. She never actually directly addressed it. Right, she's just assuming that she. Well, she makes a couple hints. She's like the baggy clothes, not feeling good. Like, she like should have been like, hint, I think you're pregnant, but she never. She you're should right. have said those words. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She could have gotten a guidance counselor and been like, okay, we got a question for you. Do you have a baby? Inspector? And on top of all this. The teacher is a horrible actress. Oh, so the she worst. Is the worst the one in the entire film. She's with me. And she looks like she's like not like a year older than the kids. Right. Yeah. She looks way too young to be their, I was like, their I was teacher. Like, oh, she's a student teacher. Every time she was on screen, I just was like, God, I wish I could fast forward this part. Yeah. yeah. She, she was, was not so great. bad. I was but like, anyway, maybe she looked like a substitute teacher. <laughs> <Yeah>. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, so we revealed that she's pregnant. She comes in to tell the parents the mom is cold caught clean out, but they sat her up in a chair. Yes. They sat her up in a chair to make it look like like she's sleeping. And they're like, oh, don't worry about her. She falls it's asleep. It's like a weekend sometimes. at Bernie's moment here because she's yes. just like head hanging down. Like, no, nobody is sleeping like that. I forget like, what the dad says to the teacher to explain. He was like, she had a real bender last night. Yeah. She's just tired. And the teacher's yeah. just like, oh, all right. Yeah, that's I reasonable. That makes sense. After Peggy's acting like you've yeah. got to get the fuck out of here. She don't say it, but she's got this look on her face like you should not be here. So the teacher comes in, sits down on the chair. The the dad, the son, and Peggy sit down on the couch, and she's like, "Uh, she won't flat out be like, your daughter's pregnant." And so she's be- beating around the bush, and the, the dad's finally is like, "What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? Why don't you just say it? Why don't you just fucking say it?" And then like she's like, "Uh," and she's kind of getting the vibe of like, "Oh my god, maybe the dude, maybe the dad did this." This is where I wish it were a better movie because like it was so to as the person watching it, right? There was no slow buildup of suspense to where you could kind of feel for the teacher, like since we'd seen all of this and the, I don't think the actors had the ability to tone it down any, it just felt like, what is a teacher doing? How does she not pick up on this vibe and how like tense everybody is? Like, I think what they were trying to go for was like maybe a slow build. Cause you know, ultimately what happens, but nobody in that scene could pull it off. And I don't think, I know, do think that was a limitation of the movie. Like you said that there really was not as much intense build up to that. Um, so she's like, okay, so you you, I gotta you go. said that the dad was trying to pull it out of her, and then you said that um, the teacher thinks that he's the one that's done this. I think it's the opposite. I think that the dad immediately assumed that he was being blamed for it when right. the teacher didn't well, no, no, that tell is, him that. That's exactly what happened. Like he's yeah. like he's like, what are you trying to say? And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like, he's like, no, what are you trying to say? Just say it. And she's like, and that's like I said, that's when she's piecing it together. Like, oh my God, he might have done this because he's getting super defensive. Oh, Peggy, do you have a boyfriend? And she's like, no. He's like, see, he doesn't have a boyfriend. Who else could it be? Like he totally. He's like, oh, you think it's my son? You think it's me. Yeah. He gives himself away immediately. Yeah. He protested a little bit too much. So you're accusing me. No. No, I. No, you're accusing me? Dad. You come to my house and you accuse me of something like that. I said nothing of the sort, Mr. Cleek. I know you didn't say anything of the sort. It's what you haven't said. Do you think I'm stupid? 
Do you think I'm stupid? Which is probably why you don't go to a situation like this by yourself. I'm guessing exactly. most school districts have like a two people policy. Like, I feel like if you go to someone's house and accuse them of impregnating their like underage daughter, you're probably going to have some kind of like escalated situation. You probably shouldn't go by yourself. Maybe bring an officer with you. Yeah. I, in fact, I would wonder if there are any teachers listening, are you allowed to just go to a student's house anyway? Like no, whenever you want? Like, I don't think so. You know so. what? I'm just going to walk up to this kid's house. They weren't in school. So I, I feel, feel like, like there's got to be some like legal guidelines. Yeah. Like you cannot stalk your children. Yeah. You know? So the dad knocks out the teacher and stringers her up to a fence in the backyard. Yeah. So like as yeah. she's trying to leave, she's like, oh, I'm going to leave now. And he's like, oh, okay, you can leave. Boom. It's her too. Knocks her the fuck down. Hey, Brian. You get the rope. Let's take her outside. And the whole movie, you hear these dogs out in the shed that are going nuts. The whole movie, they're always just barking and like going crazy like they're starving and they just like want to go nuts. The dad hunts a lot, so I just assumed they were his hounds for yeah. like normal hunting, but that's Every, not the case. Everyone I was watching the movie was like, what's up with those fucking dogs? They do not stop barking. And, you're always, and he's always like, go feed the dogs. Go feed the dogs. And so everyone was like, oh, do we have a Game of Thrones situation where they feed people to these dogs? And so they drag the teacher outside after beating the shit out of her, tie her to the fence, and they're going to put her inside with the dogs. Now, we don't know what that entails just yet. So while this is going on, Peggy is kind of like, fuck this noise, goes out to the, the cellar yeah, and starts untying and unlocking the captured woman. At the same time, uh, they're taking the teacher inside the dog barn and they're like, oh, hey, we're going to put you inside with these dogs. And she's kind of out of it, not really knowing what's going on. They put her inside the dog kennel and uh, you see two dogs kind of going nuts trying to get at her and stuff like that. And they're like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't get over in that area. And they close the kennel. And then out of, out of a doghouse comes this like rabid, other feral, fucked up looking female who's been trained like a dog and starts attacking the teacher and eating her. Yeah, that part was pretty crazy. Like, I think from that part on is when the movie was actually decent. Yes. And you find out like, oh, when the, the mom's freaking out on him, like, I'm going to take these kids. At one point, she's like, what you've done with those dogs is enough to get you like permanently thrown in jail. Yeah. And you don't know what that means. And then now you find out that like, oh, my God, you've kidnapped another woman and basically raised her as a fucking dog. That's insane. Which <laughs> means the family also was OK with that entire process up until now. So I, I, I took note of a word that was said, and I don't know how to pronounce it quite right, but it's it's uh, it sounds like anopathalmia. Oh, yeah. He did keep saying that word. Yeah. Whenever they're referring to this rabid other woman who's blind. Now, when I looked up that oh, word, blind? yeah, it's a medical term for being born without one or both eyes. Yeah. You could see that because mm. there was just skin where her sockets normally would be. So is that someone they kidnapped or is that a daughter they had? That's what I was thinking. What if this was a, a deformation of maybe the dad's previous rapes? Whoa. And they he just like raised her as a dog with the dogs. Oh, that's fucked up, dude. I didn't even think about that. That was my assumption. But you can't tell how old she is because she's so dirty and gringy. She looks like maybe she's like late teens, early 20s. I would have said like right around there. A little bit older than Peggy, maybe. But he, the dad, while he's like threatening his wife, and when that's all going down, he does no, say something that affects us. We took care of that other one. And, You're just as guilty. Like, unless there was oh. a kid who we didn't see, because that daughter would have had to have been the oldest kid, because she's definitely older than Peggy. So she couldn't have. He couldn't have raped Peggy and had this. 
Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just making assumptions here, just throwing out, yeah. you know, what it was like hypotheticals. from the mom, I guess. Like, so maybe that was, or maybe, it, yeah, it's tough to say, but there's, there's a lot that's not like spelled out. And I, again, it's a horror movie. Like you guys say, you got to let some stuff go, but I think we didn't need like, all the detail of that, but that is very interesting that I didn't even think about that. Like, what if that was like something that they had? Wow. That's crazy, man. Yeah. But yeah. So this dog, this dog woman is attacking the teacher, like biting chunks out of her cheek, ripping chunks out of her back, like going full to town on her while the son and the dad watch this happen gleefully enjoying this. It's so disturbing. At the same time, Peggy's letting the feral woman out. Uh, the mom at this point has gone outside to... She's woken up from her beating. Yeah, she goes outside to basically like, oh my God, I got to see what Peggy's doing. The woman's free. The feral woman is free at this point. Mm -hmm. Runs outside tackles the mom and then just fucking kills her. Yeah, it becomes kill Bill at this point. It's Doesn't dope. just kill her, eats her face. Eats her <laughs> fucking face off. And yeah. like they show this shit. It is intense. And this whole like this whole section that we're talking about takes place over like I want to say like what maybe five minutes, five, six minutes. Yeah. It's really like it escalates super quick and then it goes hard. So she eats the mom's face. Peggy's watching this like holy shit. Peggy runs inside to get the youngest daughter who was up in the room, still locked away. The woman goes inside the shed after grabbing a lawnmower blade, hacks the son up, and then goes and... Slices him in half. Slices yeah. him in half and then cuts his like head off with this lawnmower blade while the dog woman's still eating the teacher in the, the cage. The dad at this point is like, oh, fuck, like looking for a weapon. She runs over, slashes him. The dad has zero emotional response to watching his son be dismembered. I noticed that. Like I've seen this the second time I watched it. I noticed that the second time I was like, wow, he didn't even blink. No, no. didn't give I'm, a I'm shit. surprised you picked that up right away because like it took me two watches to be like, oh, man, he didn't even care. But like at that point, he becomes like, I've got to protect myself. The, the woman slashes him with this thing, slashes his stomach open pulls out his stomach and takes a huge fucking bite out of it. Was it his stomach? I thought it was his heart. That was his heart. Yeah. It, it was, was really beating. low. It was no, really I think she went up. Yeah, she, she went she in. Went I don't know if you can pull up. a heart out and still have something live for that long. I no. think it was meant to be his heart. I thought it was like a stomach or his liver. It was like something because like he's still kind of like alive but dying and then she like takes it out, bites it and then he like kind of like, oh fuck and then falls over dead. Mm -hmm. At that point, he goes and open. she goes and opens the cage and lets the feral dog woman out, who at this point kind of recognizes her as like an alpha creature, kind of becomes subservient because she offers some of the heart slash liver slash stomach. Organ meat. Yeah, yeah. To, the, to the dog woman. She takes a bite of it, and at that point is kind of like, okay, cool, I trust you. Peggy's running out of the house. The, the, the feral woman knows that Peggy's pregnant. Like, she could sense it. Peggy comes out with a little girl, the daughter, and at that point, the feral woman and the dog woman are standing there, like staring them down. And she thinks they're going to get killed. The little girl offers the feral woman some water. She takes it, drinks it, takes the little girl, lets Peggy live, but leaves her behind and then takes the little girl out into the woods with the feral dog woman. And then that's it. Well, that's the, the little movie. girl like lick her bloody hand or something. Oh, I think so. I think she like offered like. Yeah, that's hand. I think when she knew like, oh, yeah, she's into this cannibalist stuff. So come on. So I think that the ending of this movie is actually a building of a new family. You see at the end that Peggy starts to follow them into the woods too. I think that the the feral woman is so alpha now. She takes the the daughter, says, "Come on, we're going to live out in my my like hobbit hole or whatever <laughs> the hell she was living." And then Peggy reluctantly is like, "I got nothing else," and just yeah. follows along. 
Um, That's a one, tough call to make, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess compared to what you were living with, it's not that terribly tough. Uh, at one point, the woman speaks to uh, Peggy directly and says, do not live in Malthair. And that translates from Irish to mother to child. And that's whenever she's telling Peggy, like, I know you're oh, pregnant. So the Pharaoh woman speaks Irish. Yes. Okay. Um, one of the benefits of watching things with subtitles, <laughs> you can actually see what they're saying. And you're like, oh, okay. I wonder if that has any meaning. You go look it up. Yeah. Like, oh, that's Irish. Interesting. So, yeah, I think that's what it is. It's, it's the destruction of a very dysfunctional, broken, fucked up family, and then the rebuilding of a new family for these females. Almost like saying the civilized world family Failed. structure is a failure, yet this raw, primalistic version is the proper way to... Yeah. Oh, interesting. Right. So I think... I, damn, I, Mark, you got a lot out of this. You got like a I, lot more yeah. out of it than I got the first time. I think there's a lot of meaning behind this film. Um, now, John mentioned that you didn't like it very much. This is a very low-budget film. Yeah. Um, this was put out by Bloody Disgusting. So, uh, it's one of their select films. Bloody Disgusting is a website for all things horror. If you're not familiar, go check that out. It's a great website. But yeah, I guess they funded to get mm. this put out. That's why we struggled to find it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. Uh, even yesterday, Garrett, you were having trouble finding a place to watch this movie. Well, it was on Amazon. If you like, got some like additional like log into this thing, put on your account, you can watch it. It was gone by the time I got around to it. You can buy it on DVD for like five bucks off Amazon, but but streaming, it's, streaming it's almost non-existent yeah. unless you go outside of the normal. And it channels. shows it shows that it was on Shutter, but it was not on Shutter. Hmm. No. I think, but I did not like it because it was cheap, whatever. There's plenty of bad. Oh, sure. Uh, I didn't yeah. mean that exactly, I think but it's because it's like 80% of family drama movie and 20% a horror movie. I mean, there's, there are countless lifetime movies that tell the same story minus the cannibalistic <laughs> part, right? It's a lifetime television presents the woman. I mean, it's a, it's a story of a abusive husband who's abusing the wife and child and, uh, and, and the fallout from that. I mean, that's, that's the premise of this movie minus the fact that what if this person person is also a psychopath. I think this film or a psychopath. And like, I I, really, it really lost me because at one point, like one of the scenes we kind of just glossed over, it's just like of Peggy, like laying down in the grass, watching people play soccer. There's a lot of music montages to give you like a picture of like how everyone's mentally feeling, which you're right. They could have cut most of those out. We still would have gotten the same vibe already. I think this film is really hinging all its bets on the disturbing um, elements of the film. Right. So it's whether or not that sticks with you or whether or not you find that shocking enough to feel that this movie is worth the time. I think the last 30 minutes were that shocking. Everything before that is, I mean, almost just rehashed from many, many made for TV movies. But it's, it's much more intensified. The guy, that's the thing is like, I feel like part of the horror wasn't just like, look at this, this the crazy gory shit that happens. It's just like, look at this monster human being who is doing these things to people and like smiling and like, I don't know. Like I said, I felt more uncomfortable at times when he was doing the shit he was doing. Right. But a, a movie before, like, like even without like the, the gore factor, a movie like American psycho plays that up so much better than this movie did. We like, can't compare this to American psycho. These are well, two different ballparks. I mean, it's a crazy person and the outcome of them torturing other people, right? What's make this movie different is that it's also a family drama. 
That's that's what's unique about this movie. I mean, I would call it a family tragedy, but yes. Well, a drama in the sense of, I mean, whatever. Yes, tragedy, sure. Um, but it's like, I mean, soap operas have played this. It, it it's it's just not unique. It's old hat for you, is basically what you're saying. Yeah, it's just like okay, we've seen a thousand boohoo. But I think that's kind of the know, twist, movies. though, is it's like you see this and it all plays out like you're like, oh, she's gonna leave, or oh, she finally gets help, and then it's like, no, shit just goes down. Like I think that's kind of like the twist. Right. Aspect Maybe if the actors it. were better. Or the director I, was able to build some of that suspense. But you think it's a failure of the storytelling structure? I think it's a failure. I, I, I think that the story wasn't all that unique. I think that the actors struggled to make to maybe hit the marks that the director wanted them to, or the director wasn't good enough to get the performance he wanted out of the actors. I don't know, like you know, which part failed. But it really felt felt flat. You could cut parts of this movie if you cut out like like I mean, huge chunks of the middle and just showed them to somebody. You'd be like, okay, you know what? What do you think this movie is? And they're gonna be like, oh, this is like you know just your generic family drama movie. You know, you like I mean, and, and I don't mean like specifically cut. You could probably take no, like forty minutes of the middle of this movie, and there's nothing unique about it. Uh, and nothing that puts it in like a horror. He gets his uh, finger world. bit off. The son goes out there and tortures her with the pliers. I see what you're saying. There's definitely, out of, let's say this movie is an hour and 30 minutes. I don't remember exact run time. Yeah. But let's say this movie is an hour and 30 minutes. They could have cut 20 minutes of this movie, and it would have been a tighter, more like impactful yeah. story. But you, but you I touched think, on it, too. I the music doesn't work either. Oh, the Let's music. get into the grave mistake of this film. Hold on, hold on. The music. No, this is mine. Oh, this is the gravest thing. Okay, let's get in the gravest take. This fucking music is so goddamn awful. It took me out of the film every single time. And like you were touching on, there's scenes of this fucking movie where it seems like a music video for some lame ass, yeah, uh, garbage ass. uh, I wondered how many band. I wondered how many of the indie songs and indie bands that had their music in this movie were friends of the director. I thought it was all same band. It sounded like the same. We're gonna really showcase your shit. Tom, don't worry about it. You're going to break huge on this so one. So even these supposedly disturbing scenes, like when the kid's watching the father rape the woman, it's it, it because of the music, you're just so taken out of it. You're like, what am I supposed to be feeling right now? Right? It's not no, shock. It's, yo, not, it's so, weird. You guys say this, and like I had a problem with the music because I'm not a huge like sappy emo indie music guy, but... You're right. The music did not, except for like one place, did not fit most of the scenes. And I think maybe that was kind of the juxtaposition thing they were trying to go for, but they missed the mark. So wild. you know what? I will I will agree with you. The grave mistake is the soundtrack. Yeah. They may as well play like Yakety Sax through some of the movie. Like that's <laughs> that would be terrible. We do not need that Yakety Sax. It's just like so I, mis, mis, misplaced. I don't think I've ever watched a film that kept me from getting into it. Right. And it's all because of that soundtrack. The and soundtrack it, was rough and it was loud. They blared that music. Yeah, and it'd be like whole songs, like three, four minutes. It'd be like very little dialogue, just like like, like a music video, except a bad one. And the little kid, the little five-year-old, six-year-old girl, it has a little like tape player or whatever. And they're like, what are you listening to? And she's listening to like full on like emo mix, like yeah. indie emo mix. It's like no kid is listening to this music at that age. She's like, this is a new track from Korea. <laughs> and he's like, huh, I like it. 
And it's like, no, she got that mix from somewhere, which begs the question, where did she get that mix? The director. The director the, came yeah, the in and was like, friend. here, kid, listen to this. Well, good news. The soundtrack is available on Amazon Prime. They would have to pay me to listen to that fucking soundtrack. It's free. Oh, well. You can listen to, to it for free. Apparently, the, the, I'm good. the villain of the film is actually Sean Spillane. He's the one that made the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I mean, like, so I don't think there was one specific thing that made me not like this movie. It is such a combination of so many, maybe like on their own, except for possibly the music. They would have been fine, but I think the poor acting, I didn't like the story, and then the music, it's just like, oh, man. That's fair. I mean, I can I can see what you're saying. Your, your criticisms are valid. I don't think they were that devastating to the film, except for the soundtrack. I will 100% give you guys that one. But I don't think they were like that. Because for a low-budget DIY kind of film, okay, I'll give it to you. I've seen a lot worse fucking horror films that you guys have recommended. We watched The Others, and that was like a triple-A <laughs> billion-dollar budget movie. And I would rather watch The Woman any other day other than The Others. I don't hate this movie as much as John. I don't think it's a particularly great film. Once you get past the shocking moments, there's not a lot. Like John said, it's basically a lifetime TV drama. But that's okay. Um, I think it's worth watching at least once. Yeah, I would recommend it at least once. I wouldn't say you need to you need to own it. No, it's, but a, it's a rental, and then just mute it anytime you see any musical montages happening. And just when you see like sad teenagers, just fast forward. You're not going to miss much. Yeah, when you see it, <laughs> <laughs> that's true to life, John. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was. Um, I'd recommend it at least a single watch. Well, anything else to say on this one? Um, I don't know. I'd like to see like how some of the other bloody disgusting selects hold up compared to this. Yeah. Like, are they all kind of low budget? Do they all have indie emo music? That, Does yeah. this film engage any of you guys or compel you to go watch the, the offspring, the one that came out before this? No, no. I'm okay. I'm on the fence <laughs> because this, the offspring sounds like it's about a group of feral people. I'd be interested to see how they play that yeah. out on a film. I could, you know, maybe... She kind of was like the last one, too, so maybe something did happen to them. Right. When yeah. I thought about ferals and cannibalism and, and sort of how the... When it started with the finger getting bitten, maybe some of this is my fault that I went in with wrong expectations. I was like, oh, is this going to be like an Eli Roth hostile saw kind of thing? But it's not that either. I so, guess for you jaded horror yeah. people, it's not. For me, when I first saw this, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> yeah. When he drags the like teacher out through the yard, I was like... Oh, I was so uncomfortable. Like the this movie. really made me feel bad. Gary, you were asking what else Bloody Disgusting's put out. Um, they produced the VHS series of anthology films. Oh, didn't you I like think John time? watched yeah, those? I watched the first one. So yeah, and I guess there was like three of those. Yeah, I haven't seen the rest, hmm. but uh, and there's a whole slew of other selects here. So maybe someday we'll get to one of those. So it sounds like maybe it's kind of a mixed bag. Maybe they kind of do it like Netflix, where they just take different projects and like, oh yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and produce these out. And this was a this was a pretty solid like delivery. I mean, yeah, if, if you this think was about someone's it, student film, I would be very impressed. <laughs> wow. Acknowledge I probably went in with high expectations, but that's Rotten Tomatoes' fault. So all five of those critics who reviewed this film, I blame you. Or the four of you who said it was good. See, I go into all these without like reviewing or researching anything. I find it easier to let certain things go. Well, that's our takes on the film. Listener, we'd like to hear what you have to say about it. So why don't you give us some thoughts? Did you like the woman? And that's gonna do it for this week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. In-